for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Clyde, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have the Sound of Ghosts. How's it going today, guys? Going great. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to have you guys on. I'm glad to be able to do the podcast and, you know, just uh, get to know great musicians like yourselves. I've been listening to your music all day, and I'm really excited to learn more about you guys. So... Um, before, so I just want to thank you once again for jumping on, um, before we kind of jump into everything, all your music, go talking about all that stuff, what's, let's have you guys each, uh, introduce yourselves individually and like what, what you do in the band. Oh, uh, I guess Anna we can start Orbison. with Anna. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Anna Orbison and, um, I sing and um, I'm one of the songwriters and um, I play ukulele and percussion and any other random things that uh, that we come up with. <laughs> right. And then what, what's your kind of background in music? What got you into music? Um, I started singing I guess it was freshman year of high school um I did I always wanted to do musical theater and so um I played flute for a really long time and piano um and then I I jumped out of the band and into musical theater and uh singing and whatnot and um so yeah I I played from a very young age my parents always kind of wanted us to be musical and um but yeah, I did musical theater for a long time, and this is actually the first band I've ever done. Um, but it's fun; it's really fun. Awesome, awesome. And then James. Yep, I am James Orbison. Uh, I play upright bass in the band. Um, I am a singer as well, and also a songwriter with Anna. Um, we are obviously husband and wife, so we we. Uh, with the both with the same last name, <laughs> we, um, you know, we tend to like try to write our stuff together. Um, I, I have been very, uh, been, in, been in music pretty much, you know, for most of my life. Um, my dad played guitar, uh, and I grew up with him doing that. And then around like 13, he got me a bass or my parents got me a bass or they, well, they actually got me a guitar first and I didn't like it. And so then they got me a bass and I kind of fell in love with it. And like, you know, growing up here in Los Angeles, you know, like I got to do a lot of cool things at, you know, 16, 17, 18, playing places like the whiskey and the Roxy. And like, it was all pay to play, you know, but being in a punk band and like doing that type of thing, the Viper room and, you know, a lot of like smaller LA venues, um, but yeah, I kind of like always just played in different bands, you know, had an opportunity to play with a band that toured for a little bit. So I did that. I was in a hip hop group for like six years. Um, so I've always kind of like changed up what kind of music I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, when we started dating, uh, uh, very soon after we started this band and like, like Anna mentioned, you know, we've been, we've been doing this for about almost, almost seven years. Awesome. So I do yeah. have to, I do have to ask, is there a story behind your upright bass? Like where it came from? Did it come from anywhere or does it have a lineage? Um, so, well, <laughs> I, so I always played electric bass. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I was kind of inspired uh, by folk music, by, by some friends, a friend, a, good, a close friend of mine. Yeah. And, um, and uh it it turned into when we decided to do this band like i got super inspired and i came home from a trip and i was like i'm going to go buy an upright um and i i went and bought my first upright and uh that unfortunately a couple years ago my car got broken into after a show and was stolen um but luckily we had uh (laughs) we had home renters insurance or or 
Yeah, and they covered, your instruments, everybody. Yeah, they <laughs> covered everything. And so I was able to go buy that beauty uh, that you see behind you, a nice little white and red kind of pinstripe bass. Um, but I just love it. You know, I never thought I would be an upright guy after <laughs> playing electric for so many years, but it's just so much fun. And uh, I have a thing where, like, performance-wise on stage, I like to play it behind my head like metal guitarists do. So um, I do the whole behind the behind my head with a big-ass bass like that. Uh, so it's 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 fun. It's fun to figure out how to do cool little things with it. Yeah, absolutely. My dad has an upright bass, and when I go down to Florida this weekend, I'm going to grab it out of their storage locker and bring it home with me because it needs to be – rebuilt and refurbished like badly they're just such they're such beautiful instruments man like you know and especially if i I, you know if it was your father's i don't know is it like a k or something like that yeah it's a 1918 k base something like that oh i mean yeah oh my god yeah (laughs) Yeah, you have to get that out of storage and get it refurbished right yeah that needs to see the light of day yeah well so like well this just kind of happened with us uh yeah my my dad had a guitar just like sitting in a storage like space under the stairs and he was like, well, you know, I got it at a pawn shop for a hundred dollars. And like, he was a good guitarist. He just hasn't played in a really long time. Yeah. And so a friend of ours is a um, guitar uh, luthier and repairman. And um, so I took it to him and like the strap alone on the guitar was worth like 500 bucks. Oh, wow. And like, all, you know, just yeah. like, just so it's, amazing. It's a, it's a 1940s Gibson L5. Gibson. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's like one of the early ones from Kalamazoo, Michigan. He was like, it was funny. We were up there for Christmas. He's like, do you want to see my guitar? And I was like thinking, well, yeah, I've seen it before. And he was like, oh, no, no, no. And he like goes away for like 20 minutes. He comes back. And like, I literally opened the box. And it was like, oh, so like <laughs> this so beautiful, beautiful. 1940s. Like, and it's been in storage for 30 years. So it's like, it's perfect. you know never was it's yeah. it was so clean it just needed like some new strings and a little bit of setup and some polishing and it's just like it it sounds so beautiful it was just yeah. like who would who would have known yeah well to my dad's defense his uh base has only been in storage for about six months because they uh rented out their home and they were living out of a boat for the last six months and oh, so there's cool. not really any room to put this thing yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. um and at the time, I wasn't going to come down to get the thing. And, you know, so no, that's great I'll have the opportunity. That, right. Bring it back with you. Man, that yeah. sounds like I'm sure just the tone on that thing alone is is awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to send it over. to. I'm going to have to take it over to my buddy's place because he uh, when he came down for Christmas two years ago before the pandemic hit uh, or not Christmas after just after Christmas, we went to a bluegrass festival and he was looking, he'd never seen my dad's bass before. He was looking at it. He was like, yeah, the neck's about to crack. The bridge is about to crack. We need, like, there's too much tension here and here. So we need to work on it a little bit. And I'm like, okay, well, let's well, see what we can do. So yeah. a, a, a project. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it'll be a family, pro- or it'll be a family heirloom that gets kind of hand down. Or, there you go. Um, so yeah. I'm all about it. So what's kind of the history of the sound of ghosts how'd you guys come to oh i mean obviously you guys were dating that's how you guys came together but how did the uh, group kind of come together um like i mentioned i had i had a, a close friend that i grew up with in high school um and uh he was in a touring band called Brownbird, and they were doing really well for himself unfortunately he contracted leukemia while out on the road at like 36 and then um you know, fought it and did, did the whole bone marrow transplants and everything and um, ended up getting, having a relapse and passing away. But uh, I, I got the opportunity to go out to um, Rhode Island before he passed and like spend time with his, you know, him and, and just the music community that he surrounded, that surrounded mm-hmm. him and people like that he loved playing shows with. And it was just, it was uber inspiring to like kind of see this group of musicians come together mm-hmm. Um and then, uh, you know, that's that what for me was like, oh, man, you know, I, I want to start some kind of music. You know, I got I got to get back into playing music. And we had always discussed it. So 
when I, like I said, when I came back, I went about the upright. Um, I was playing in a Foo Fighters cover band with um, our brother-in-law and a, a drummer um, named John. And so we kind of like decided just to start this off and we named it the sound of ghosts after um, Brown birds, like first EP was called the sound of ghosts. So it was like mm -hmm. kind of a, a, not a, a tip of the hat for me. And then, um, you know, and it just, it came from a very organic like place and yeah. uh, you know, we just uh, pushed forward it. You know, we've had a lot of different kind of like member changes throughout the year, but the core of us are the same and, you know, we still love playing together and have had a lot of cool opportunities. So we just keep on, keep on keeping on. Yeah. Uh, what is the uh, current lineup of the group? It's uh, Joey Mackey is our guitarist and he's our newest member. And um, he will be on our upcoming stuff, but he's not on any other recordings we've released so far. And then John Sarna, who was in that Foo Fighters cover band, he's uh, he's been with us the whole time. So he's our drummer. Awesome. And then we also have a trumpet player by the name of Paul Literal, who's like, Amazing. this guy's like a living legend. He's played with the Stones. He's on like all the B-52 records. He's, you know, played with, he recorded with Tom Waits. Like, he's just like one of those guys who's a, a legend. Um, but he like, he loves what we do so much that he like, he gives his time yeah. to us. And we'll, yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know, and we're always like, we could throw you a few bucks for gas, but um, he's, he, you know, he really believes in what we're doing. So it's, it's, it's great to have someone of that caliber who like just loves playing with us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's always good to have somebody that's just willing to do whatever you guys need. Yeah. That's yeah. especially when they've got like a lineage like that, man, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you guys uh been you guys uh spent 2020 releasing a few different singles and we talked about it before we jumped on here you guys are building towards an EP. Uh, but the most recent single you released is Have to Let You Go. Uh what's kind of the story behind that single? Um that one is about um just kind of being fed up I guess with um the person you're with like telling you what to do all the time <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which not me I'm never yeah, fed up never he's never <laughs> fed up um but yeah it's um our brother-in-law Ernesto um wrote like this really cool lick and uh I don't know it just came that one came pretty organically um but as soon as I wrote it I was like, oh, this one's for James. This is like a, this is from a man's perspective. So James sings this one. <laughs> yeah. So she totally wrote the song about a man's perspective of being sick of being in a relationship. So <laughs> uh, I sing it, but she wrote it. And then the other single that we released, Heavy Burden, is kind of like a woman's perspective on an ending relationship. So they kind of went hand in hand, even yeah, though they're too- Yeah, intend for it to be like that. And then it was just like, oh, yeah. And people have said that in concerts, like before- because uh, we had played them a few times, we hadn't hadn't recorded them and released them, but yeah. we played them on our live shows, and people would be like, "Oh, that's cool that you've got like his perspective and hers." hers. And we were like, "What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. That we totally meant to do that." <laughs> now, James, did you write "Heavy Burden"? Because I would just complete the circle. I wish I could say I did, but no, that one, that one, that one, Anna wrote all by herself from like. The, the chord structure to the lyrics, like the whole kit and caboodle came from her brain, which, which is awesome for me because like, as she mentioned, you know, this is like kind of like the first band band that she's been in. And mm -hmm. it's been amazing to watch her grow, like as a musician and a songwriter to go from, you know, being nervous just about writing lyrics to now being able to like have full song thought process and like can bring a whole song to us and be like here's my idea and then we can and then we all just bang it out real quickly and then we're ready you know ready to move on to the next so it's 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 been cool for me because like i said i've been in bands my whole life yeah. so it's been really cool to watch her grow so much in such a small amount of time with her skills and abilities yeah. now do you guys usually play have to let you go and heavy burden back to back or will you space them out during a set 
I think we usually space them out. We usually do a heavy burden pretty early, if not the first song, and then have to let you go since it's rockier. We'll like do it at the end. <laughs> I thought it would always be kind of cool if you were able to like bridge one into the other. One into that. Kind of that would be back, pretty cool. And playing back yeah. to back. So it's like one long song with a random yeah. bridge changeover. I kind of well, like that we'll idea. That. Yeah, now right? we'll do it just for you, Tom. And we'll give you credit. <laughs> Sweet. You know, because I've, I've seen a few different bands do something similar where they find a, like two songs that work together that could play back to back. And then they just kind of like bridge from one song into the next. So it's it's always cool when it works really yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. Um, so um, Anna, you wrote both of these songs. And like you said, you haven't really been playing all that long compared to James. Um, what was it kind of what was your creative process like when you sat down to write? I, we can go with both songs if it was a similar process, or if it was a completely different process, we can tackle it individually, I guess. Um. For me, mostly uh, because I have been a vocalist for a long time, I tend to write things a cappella, and I tend to just write a melody and lyrics. Um, and then I'll either fill in a chord structure or I'll like give it to somebody else to fill in the chord structure underneath it because it just takes me so long to kind of like pluck out what I'm trying to do. And because I'm not as strong of a player, it just feels like I'm kind of limiting myself if I start from that angle. So um, I've definitely done a lot of writing that way. And then sometimes we'll have like one of the guys in the band will throw like a progression or like a lick or something like some cool kind of base to it. And then um, I'll just build on top of that um, and come back with like melody idea. I did a lot of like jazz singing. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that helps a lot. Like I can improv over things and then find like something that sounds good. And I feel like comfortable doing that. Um, and so I've definitely done a lot of that too, where it's like somebody will bring in a cool chord progression and it's like, okay, I can mess with this and then find something that sounds good that we like. And, and then I'll just go from there and write the, the melody and lyrics. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think it's, Oh, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say something else completely different, but since James, you're going to jump in, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's been, you know, as you mentioned before, our brother-in-law Ernesto was in the band for a long time and he, he did like have a really good head for like riffs and, you know, would, would come up with a lot of different type of riffs and things like that, that would turn into full songs. Um, he, uh, you know, last year decided he needed to step away from the band. He was donating a kidney to a, a, another good friend of ours. So it was like, you know, he needed to think about his health and all that. And we we're like totally understandable. So I think uh, after that, and then the, with the pandemic, like it really gave me and Anna, uh, especially with this new stuff to like really write together, you know, um, which has been a really cool thing because like, you know, before it was like Ernesto would have an idea and would have an idea or I'd have an idea. And then we just figure out, you know, how to make it all work all together. But we've really like with the new stuff that we're writing, it's been like me and her doing a, a lot of the initial legwork. So that's, that's been a, uh, you know, kind of cool. And like, I think also kind of changes up the sound a little bit because, you know, it's, it's, it's a new, it's a new um, stage, I guess, for our music yeah. and we're, we're maturing in, in our sound and like honing in on what works for us the best. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will say though, I do appreciate the heck out of the fact that you guys have a radio edit of heavy burden on your Spotify. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah Cause uh, we host our radio show on the weekends and it is so hard to find radio edits of a lot of these songs because not a lot of people or not a lot of musicians are pushing for radio play anymore. And so I just saw that as, as we were sitting here talking, I had your Spotify open and I was like, Oh, I didn't even realize you guys had a radio edit. That's yeah, awesome. We do. <laughs> Nobody listens yeah. to that version, but we have it. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was one of those things where it's like, well, you never know you know you never know what's going to happen you never know who's going to ask for it and it's like we we really don't do a lot of cursing in our music yeah. so it's like you know but like that one it was 
it was a very important part of the song. So we're like, well, <laughs> since we're going to do this, we might as well record another version just in case. And yeah. so thank you for noticing that because yeah. I don't think anyone has ever noticed that before. <laughs> well, like I said, we host a radio show, so it's just like I'm always looking for radio edits, and it's you know those songs that are really cool. They they have like the ran most random curse words, and it's just like I could edit that out if I wanted to, but it's not gonna sound right. Like yeah, exactly, yeah. and it's I'm sure so time consuming to try oh, to do that to everybody's stuff. So yeah, try to be radio friendly. Um, we also like play a lot of family friendly shows so we do the radio edit version live sometimes awesome. <laughs> if we're like oh there's gonna be a lot of kids there let's like you know we'll go for the radio edit <laughs> is uh do you guys push a lot for radio is that something that's actively in your marketing strategy or no not really i mean we have uh there was a public radio station in grand junction i know mm. that was playing us a fair amount um when we released our last mm. full record um, and there, we, we did send out to some college stations and yeah. stuff on the last full record. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's not something that we really like have kind of broken into. It's, it's an interesting market because, you know, like a lot of people or a lot of stations aren't playing independent stuff unless you go to like a college station or the station yeah. is depend specifically for independent music. But every once in a while, you'll just be listening to like a top 40 station and they'll throw in a random independent song. So it's always really interesting to see or yeah. hear when, when that happens. So I didn't know if it was something that was actively a part of your marketing strategy. No, we don't yeah. have much in the way of active marketing strategies. <laughs> fair, fair. To be perfectly honest. Oh, uh, so for the uh, both for both of these songs, are you looking at possibly doing like a music video or anything uh, once the EP is released? Or yeah, we've thought about it. We we should totally get on it. We've only ever done well. We've done two full music videos. Um, is it trained, yeah, we, in, trained to Nowhere? And uh, what was the other one? Um, our, our first one was Open Road. Okay. Um, and uh, Trained to Nowhere, we actually like just squeaked it done at the very beginning of the pandemic. Like I shot a bunch of stuff. I went on a trip to Norway yeah. and shot a bunch of stuff there. And then we had snow in Angeles Crest in the National Forest. So I we like hauled all this stuff up to the national forest and got some snowy shots like in you know in the trees and stuff to match all the norway stuff and um literally i think what was it the next week mm -hmm. they were like mm -mm. it was already like you can only i think at that time like you could have six people together or something oh, like wow. that so we were like okay well we'll be outside and it'll yeah. be like five of us or whatever it was i can't remember how many i think it was yeah i think it was five um and uh, we were like, this should be good. And then uh, the, the next, next week. week, they were like, no, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when the uh, pandemic first hit, I was supposed to go down to a music festival in Tampa and do media coverage for them. And it was literally six days before uh, Texas shut down, like completely. Like wow. uh, I work for a TV station. And so I was... The, the week later we got sent home is like dope everybody's working from home from now and i was just like i'm really glad i didn't go down to florida and go to that music <laughs> festival they, right. they still had it going they still they did. yeah they still had it and it was from what i saw it was a really good festival but yeah but maybe yeah. you would have come home with a souvenir you didn't want yeah <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely you got it right um so like we had mentioned, you're uh, working towards an EP with the release of these two singles. Um, where are you kind of at in that process? Is everything recorded? Where are you kind of at? Mm -mm. We've just been doing a lot of writing. Okay. Um, yeah, so we are new guitarist, Joey. Um, he and his wife had a baby oh, wow. um, in the middle of all of this. So yeah. we were trying to be really careful with that, just not knowing like for so long not really knowing what that would mean like if they possibly were exposed or whatever yeah. so we like wrote for a period and then we took a little period off and then we wrote for a period and 
um, we're just kind of ramping back up and trying to get ourselves back in gear to um, spend more time together now that we can do that safely because we're vaccinated. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're excited. We've got some really, really strong songs that we feel good about. Yeah, the goal is probably, you know, hopefully by like the fall to get back into the studio and and record everything. Um, it's just been, you know, we've kind of like taken our time with the process where, uh, you know, before it was always just like make a bunch of songs and try to get in the studio and record them. So it's been nice to like kind of just, you know, kind of marinate on the songs a little bit and, and put a little more time into them. And then, uh, you know, hopefully, yeah, like fall or whatnot, we can get into the studio and then uh, start playing live shows again. That would be nice. I miss it dearly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're definitely a live show band. Like that's our, that's our jam. We just want to be out there and we want to play with people and that's it. (laughs) So when there isn't a global pandemic, how often are you guys usually playing shows? At least once a week. Okay. Like we've had, we've had years where we're playing like 60, 70 shows in a year. Um, And that's all independent, right? That's all on our own and like doing our own booking you know, we've done three tours ourselves that we put together ourselves and like, you know, it's a grind, but it's, it's, uh, it's, and you know, like, yeah, yeah, totally. And and then sometimes, you know, it's like, sometimes we'll play for a really large, you know, I mean, large, but like a packed crowd at a good, at a decent venue. And sometimes we'll pay for three people, but you know, it's like, I think it's part of the journey and like, you know, every band goes through that and it's, it's like, I don't ever try to get discouraged by anything like that. It's like, you know, if we can walk away with one person who was like, I really like that, you know, yeah. what you do. And I bought that CD and a t-shirt, then, you know, it makes it worthwhile. And like, we've, uh, you know, we've met a lot of cool people and um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to being able to do like, even, you know, like a one, two week tour again, that'll be fun. Um, last time we did it, we did it with a, a our friend, we have friends in a band called Tacoma Narrows yeah. and it was kind of like their farewell kind of tour. Uh, yeah. They were ending their kind of long run as a band. So we rented this gigantic uh, RV and um, went up, you know, went up all the way up, up the coast of, of the West coast. And it was right. just super rad. And, right. you know, it, it's just, there's nothing like it. Where's the uh, furthest you've toured out to? Um, well, we played, I guess, furthest west was probably Denver. Okay. We played like Denver and Aspen and because that's where I'm from, Boulder. So yeah. um, we played Colorado and then we played um, Washington, uh, I guess. Yeah, we played Seattle and uh, Tacoma. And, um, yeah, we've kind of done Southwest and Pacific Northwest. You yeah. know, it is a goal of ours to get over to the East Coast, but uh, it's just getting, you know, being in a band and at that when you have sometimes we have like up to like six people right and then and then i have this huge upright so it's like i can't really find the play on it yeah just like figuring that all out but um uh it's something that we definitely want to do i think the craziest thing we ever did was literally over a weekend we left on a friday afternoon drove all the way to roswell new mexico played one show and then you know that I lived in Roswell, New Mexico for about four years. You did? Oh, no, really? oh my gosh, yeah. no way. Uh, when did you go to Roswell? Um, I'm trying to think of Yeah. About this time of year, too, because I think yeah. they wanted us to come back for 4th of July. Oh, yeah. Want- no, you're absolutely right. Who'd you, uh, where'd you play it? We played, I don't remember the venue, but no. it was Sorry. for the Roswell Film Festival. Oh, okay. So you played at, uh, you probably played at the coffee shop then. It was a restaurant. It was a Um, restaurant. Um, It looked like it was maybe like, it was right next to the train, train, uh, train tracks or something. Okay. You played. All right. So that was either Pecos flavors or what was the name of the, not the red door. That's what it was the second time it closed down. Um, that, I think that might definitely be. had a red door. Yeah. It, it, and we it, have a trophy from that. We won best live show at the Roswell New Mexico Film Festival. So awesome. Cause I, yeah. we interviewed a few people from the 
I, so I think that was, you guys were there probably in 2018, right? Yeah, it sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, I think so. Or would it have been 2016? Okay. <laughs> I, like, I, I'm trying to think because I did a lot, I interviewed a lot of musicians during, because I was there uh, one year when they started bringing in musicians for the Roswell Film Festival. And that's so cool. And I interviewed a few people and I don't know if they did it one year or two years, but. I will. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did uh we played that and we played um what was it Tucson? Yeah. 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 Tucson on the way out and then played there and then we drove all the way home because we all had to be at work on Monday. So we drove from Roswell to LA <laughs> in lot. one straight shot. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it was it was a hey, lot. It's not the cr- like that's a pretty crazy drive, but I've driven it's- from Tallahassee to Chicago and back uh, in a weekend, you know. So, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, that's brutal. That's a long haul. Th- those drives, those drives are fun though. Like when you have no other option and you know you got to be back by a certain time, those drives are yeah. Last. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely good bonding times for sure. You know, uh, I think there was only one the- fight over the movie game, the movie quote game, or whatever. <laughs> that that was the biggest fight we had. That and it week. Did- break up the band right it didn't no. break up the band no but it was very it was very intense that game i don't recommend playing that on road trips as a band <laughs> unless you have non-competitive people <laughs> um, yeah, none, of my, none of my crew yeah we're, we're a little bit competitive so. yeah yeah a it was bit. a it was a brutal game wow that's crazy <laughs> but we did stop at this amazing like hotel and had lunch at this like it was like straight out of the I, I don't even know. It was like Southwest sixties and this hotel was super cool. Yeah. It was super cool. I can't remember the name of it or even where we were, but we, you, it, it was, was it on the Roswell trip or was it? A yeah. Trip? On the way back. I no, think. It was on our way back. John uh, remember Cause he went back there again, but it was cool. It was like all these Westerns had been shot there and like, Oh, you were probably like- down in like silver city in that area. Like, I think you have to go right through silver city to yeah, something like that. Yeah. It was cool. Remember. It was yeah. cool. Awesome. Yeah. We got good Mexican food. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. I mean, New Mexico, you, you kind of got to yeah. have like yeah. the further West you, or the further East you get, you get a little bit more of Tex-Mex, but the further South you go, it's, it's really good. So yeah, so good. Um, We're in the land of Mexican food, though. So, (laughs) you know, I haven't been to LA in so long that I need to get back out there. We were supposed to go out there in 2019, but uh, we were because we we drove from Roswell, New. I drove from Tallahassee, Florida to Roswell, New Mexico, and then we were supposed to go up to Montana and then kitty over to LA to go visit some friends and then drive back. Which that, that was an insane drive. But uh, we were going to go from Montana and go through Nevada. And then because the guys I was with never been to Nevada. And uh, but the road between Vegas and L.A., there was like an earthquake or something. And we weren't 100 percent sure if that road was going to be passable. Oh, the 15? Yeah. I was going to say the 15 is bad. If if it gets flooded or there's an accident, it's like there's you're stuck on it. Yeah. yeah. And so we were talking to a few people there. They're like, we don't know, but if there was an earthquake out there, don't go. Like, just yeah. turn around, whatever you got to do. And I was like, okay, fair. So, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. So, yeah, it can be pretty gnarly for sure. <laughs> so, um, but uh, kind of piggyback to your music. Um, obviously, the pandemic, there is no real shows going on right now, but you guys have been doing live streams you you'd brought up a couple different uh wh- how's that experience been for you it's been the- nice actually i mean it was weird because i think it's so much harder for bands this past year has been harder because it's like it's still a big group of people like it's not um it's not as easy as being like a solo group or two people or something so for a while we weren't really doing anything um and uh and then once like it kind of calmed down and we kind of felt like we could do that a little bit more safely um you know it's just been so nice to be able to play again like so we've just done them from our living room and uh we've done a handful for um a group we love playing for called tiny porch and um 
we did like a nice winery thing where they like sent people wine tastings and mm. they could like taste wine while we were you know playing music cool. for them <laughs> but yeah. it's been fun it's been we did a couple like just on our own on facebook and instagram and um you know, we finally like started to get good at it. And then now I feel like people don't really watch them anymore because yeah. they go places. So, because yeah. well, that was the always the interesting thing. Like when pandemic first hit and like virtual festivals and virtual shows were like all the rage. And then like three months in, it was just like, there's so many things that could go wrong unless you really know what you're doing. You're, they're not doing them, they're not doing virtual shows anymore. Yeah, yeah, we definitely had a learning curve. Like we, we the last couple we used, like we pre-recorded it like an hour ahead of time mm -hmm. and then sent the pre-record out. And we found that that like technology wise, it just played better. Like there was a lot less choppiness to mm -hmm. it. Um, and you also, just... you also got to worry about uh, like the internet or like depending on how you're capturing the audio, like, how how certain instruments are going to be picked totally. up you know yeah stuff. yeah like the bass versus like anything that has like more um of like a trebly tone to it yeah. it's like a completely different yeah. thing yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's tricky and then running a thousand tests <laughs> yeah. yeah and then depending on what um what program you're using to broadcast through it like zoom here i know when we we did a couple of virtual shows with musicians and the issue through zoom was that it would compress the audio and then eq out anything yes. above and below certain frequencies and it's just like like so if somebody was sitting there solo and they were able to stay within this frequency range it sounded all right but the second you brought in a duo with competing voices and the guitar yeah. it was just like compress EQ. Yep, and this whole sound would just drop out sometimes yeah. you're like oh man like yeah we just listened to a thing where there were like three singers singing acapella and it just you could like you couldn't hear it it yeah. just like dropped them all out yeah it, it, it was bad so yeah we stopped doing it after a few tries <laughs> no it's really it's yeah i think the pre-record definitely helped um but it's just tricky yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So outside of music, what's your guys' kind of thing? What do you do outside of music to escape from music, I guess? <laughs> well, um, I'm a yoga teacher and I, I like, uh, you know, yoga and fitness and things like that. Um, and we love to travel and adventure and we've been able to do kind of that in a small scale way this past year. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's that's probably hang out with my dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like this last year's been reading, dogs, cooking, uh, watching TV shows and movies, catching up on that, and um, and music, and that's pretty much and teaching yoga classes from the living room. <laughs> <laughs> that's I work in television, so I've 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 been lucky enough that I kind of worked through the whole the whole pandemic. Um, what do you do? Uh, what do you do? Uh, I'm a I'm a post production supervisor. Okay. So I I oversee all of the editorial. Like I'm kind of like the the guy that's in between the the you know the production company and the EPs and yeah. and then between that and then the network and I oversee all the budgets and. Oh, well. But you said you work in television, so you yeah. Probably know I, what I'm talking about. I do a lot of the promote do a lot of promotion work, so I'm a creative <laughs> services producer. Okay. Nice. I've been, so, yeah. lot, been doing a lot more focusing on editing because I can do that a lot easier remotely, but yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to be, you know, like I'm working on a show for Fox now and it's like, we have all of our editors and producers working from home. It's just me and a small group of AEs who are actually coming into the office every day. So it's a trip to see how you can make different scenarios work and still get it all done and make air. Um, but yeah, as Anna mentioned, you know, we do like to travel and, and that's kind of like our jam outside of, uh, you know, doing music is trying to, uh, well, when we could get to different countries and explore different places, but we've been trying to do like little kind of just like smaller weekend trips to yeah. still feel like we're not just stuck at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
you know, know it, it, is there a uh, uh, do you guys do will you guys do like a little duo acoustic sets between the two of you or is, is it everything kind of geared to more towards like a full band sound we have you... done some small stuff mm-hmm. um but most of our stuff is geared for a full band but okay. any of the songs that i played like ukulele on yeah. um or like we have some covers that james and i have just done with guitar and bass and um well banjo not bass oh yeah you're right i'm sorry i play guitar and you play banjo on those um but uh but yeah so we we do those sometimes um if we can't get together as a full band that's been fun kind of like something that we dove into is like kind of like just doing doing little little covers and like we always try to go somewhere cool and record them like we did a we did a zombie cranberries cover uh me and anna but we went to yosemite okay and um and no, we, that like, was found... in the sequoias. oh that was in the sequoias yes we found like a secluded spot in the sequoias where no one was really around and we like you know set up a camera and our iphone and just like kind of sat there in the middle of sequoias and played our song and it, you know it's just it it was nice to be able to do something like that because of the yeah. pandemic not a lot of people were at the sequoias or yeah um and then by the time you get done recording you have a whole crowd around you wanting more (laughs) (laughs) right uh just or it was just trying like to not swat flies out of my face i know we had bugs the whole time we were like okay just be cool the camera can't see the bug there's one part where it like goes by the microphone and it's like (laughs) (laughs) that had to sound amazing (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's good you can hear it at the very beginning of the video nice nice i'll have to i have to go back and listen for it because i was uh watching it uh earlier and you were (laughs) when when you said uh yosemite i was like uh it's not what it looks like i mean i'm not familiar (laughs) with the national parks out in california or out out west but you know we we went to yosemite too and that's why i i just i default to yosemite my bad gotcha gotcha (laughs) um so obviously you're writing for the you released your two singles and you're working towards the ep uh what's kind of the plan moving forward like is it just uh writing and playing or like what's kind of your guys's plan moving forward as things start to open up yeah i think this year is all for us like we want to refine the stuff that we've already put together and get it recorded and just start playing shows as soon as we can yeah i think that's most kind of like most important for us is just getting back out there and playing live it's what we what we love the most and we just like connecting you know connecting with an audience and connecting with people and like that's a big part of like why we love to do what we do and um you know we have really missed that but you know just keep on keeping on and and like anna said record and you know hopefully uh get a little more traction with, with this new record. And, you know, we just, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I, from the sounds of it, you have your own bands and play your own music, you know, and it's like, it's always, Actually, a, no, I don't know how to play music. Oh. I can't play oh. or carry a tune. Oh. So for some reason I thought from, no, no, it's just um, kind of doing all this. It's, uh, yeah. you know, I start picking stuff up and it's like, okay, cool. And, so. No, that makes sense. Um, you know, it, it's always, <laughs> yeah. It's like when you've been in a band, there's, there's always a certain point in a band, like once you've been together for like six years or so, yeah. where it's like, you're tired of the grind. You're tired of doing the same kind of venues you want to like push forward. But it's like, it's, there's always a point where it's like, you have to make that decision that no, it's like, just because something hasn't happened yet, doesn't mean that it won't happen. You just got to like kind of push through that wall and like, I think, you know, we're kind of at that point, you know, we could have, we could have easily been like, well, our guitarist is leaving, you know, we got to find another one. Oh my God, the pandemic hit. Like, do we really want to do this anymore? It could have been really easy to be like, well, we had a good run, you know, but mm-hmm. we, we still really love what we do and we love making music with, you know, each other. And like, um, you know, it's, it's just such a cool thing to have. And like, I think we're like finding that space. We're like, kind of like pushing, you know, just kind of pushing through to the next level, to the next, you know, the next chapter of our story and see where it goes, goes from here. You know, it's like, um, it's like playing music from being such a little, you know, a young kid, like obviously when I was like 17, 18 was like, 
oh man, I'm going to be, this band's going to be the one we're going to yeah. make it, you know, and like having that, like just, uh, the, the grandeur illusion of, you know, becoming a famous band. And, yeah. um, and it's like, it, we make the, we do what we do now because we love to make music and we love performing. And, you know, as long as that still rings true, you know, I think we'll just continue doing it and anything that comes our way and any cool experience or opportunity that we have, uh, it's just an extra added bonus. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great way to look at it. You know, it's, you, you see a lot of bands that, uh, and I talk to a lot of bands that they, they're frustrated because it hasn't happened yet and they're questioning their ability and they're questioning all this stuff. And it's just kind of like, it's going to happen when it happens. Like you have no control over it. It's yeah. So no. Well, and I also think now more than ever, you know, like, you don't have to like be uh, a top 10 record label selling band to like be successful, you know, like, I mean, I look at the Ava brothers are one of my favorite bands and I look at like kind of their career, you know, and like a lot of people know who they are. They sell out amazing shows, but you know, they, you yes, they're, on the radio. Yeah. Hey, they're not a radio, you know, like maybe they've had a couple singles that played, but like, you know, or bands like shovels and rope and, and um, it, it's just like, it's cool to see that you truly can now kind of like get a little bit bigger just being in an independent band, you know, and, and maybe finding a smaller label to work with. And like, it doesn't have to be this like, you know, I grew up in the MTV era. So it was like, you know, big, big, everything big. And yeah. it, it just, it doesn't have to be that way anymore. And you can like find your own little niche. Yeah. Because I was having this conversation, I think it was Monday with a guy on the on the podcast here um, about people that are putting a lot of stress on their Spotify streams and trying to get millions and millions of Spotify streams and all this stuff. And I made the point of, well, let me or let me ask you this: Would you rather have a million people? Okay, let's say you release a let's say you release a song, you put it out on Spotify. Would you rather have a million people pay one tenth of a penny to listen to that song, or would you rather go over to Patreon and have seventy people paying ten bucks a month to listen to your music? And yeah, you know, yeah, it, it, it's all about. It's not so much about the size of your audience. It's about the loyalty and the willingness for them to support you. You know, so yeah. yeah I I think I'd much rather have 70 people paying 10 bucks a month to listen to new music versus, Oh, I got one song and I had a million streams on Spotify. And I made $12. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> my million streams. Yep. Exactly. I just want people at the shows, man. Like that's what it comes down to for me. Like uh, I just, again back to like the connection thing i just want to be able to play music for people who actually are excited to see you play or even if they don't know you you know like excited to check on new music that's like the one thing i'm even like not even playing shows but going to shows like that's a that was it's always been a big part of our relationship it's like going to shows and like just i miss that so much you know i miss playing too but going and supporting friends bands or seeing bigger acts or whatever it's just like i miss that like camaraderie yeah I went to a show back in November and it was just really, it was really weird because it was still like right in the middle and the height of the pandemic, you know, like numbers were starting to go back up. And I just remember being there and it's like, okay, it feels good to be here. But then you start seeing everybody like you had a group over here, you had a group over here. And then you had this one random guy that would just be on top of everyone. Like he just come up and invade your personal space. And it's just kind of like, all right, it's a little weird, but yeah, you know. So you know, it, it's the show's all open, and I'm I'm yeah. really excited when they do. So yeah, yeah. Um, but first off, I want to thank you guys for jumping on. Uh, it's been a blast chatting with you. Uh, if people want to check out your music or support what you guys got going on, where's the uh, best place for them to do that? TheSoundOfGhosts.com or Instagram, The Sound of Ghosts, Facebook, The Sound of Ghosts. Uh, where are you guys most active social media wise or what are you guys enjoying these days on social Instagram. yeah we have a snapchat um or no we do have a snapchat but we have a tiktok that we just started we've got about four videos <laughs> nice. so we're pretty cool 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, Instagram is uh, <laughs> kind of where we do our most interaction. Yeah. All right. Don't go to Snapchat. We haven't been on that in years. Um, I actually just deleted Snapchat off my phone. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't, we did, I think like a couple tours ago, we did like a lot of Snapchatting and then it was like, Oh, but Instagram stories, I guess now it's just too much. It's just too much. Too many things. Yeah. I'm I'm really enjoying the dual posting from Facebook to Instagram because I found out how you can kind of do that from so now I can post to Instagram from my computer and it's like the most amazing thing. Yes. Nice. <laughs> so I'm enjoying that. So our Instagram is growing like crazy right now. It's like, yay, another yay. social media. Awesome. No, no, we'll have to give you a follow ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So um, but once again, guys, thank you so much. Before we leave, I have to ask you a very controversial question. Okay. Pineapple pizza, yes or no. Ooh, I'm a big yes on that, but I also want vegan cheese. So I'm sure people don't care what I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can, I can get behind it every once in a while. For most times I will, I would say no, thank you. But there has been moments in my life where I have enjoyed a pineapple pizza. So. Okay. Fair point. I'm 50, 50 split. Okay. Fair, fair. <laughs> I'm from Chicago, so it's a controversial question every time I ask. So, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> question. That's it. Did you see that? Um, what was it like? DoorDash or one of those ones did like a survey, uh-huh. and the most ordered food item on their entire thing was pineapple pizza. And they were like, so clearly they're closeted pineapple pizza lovers yeah. because that's the <laughs> most ordered food item. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I don't like, I think it's only like really controversial outside of New York and Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Like anywhere else, it's just kind of like whatever. But if you go to Chicago, it's a hard no. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. New York's a hard no, I think, on that too. Yeah. So yeah, but they put always, pasta on pizza in New York. So I don't even know what's happening. With that. And I was talking to somebody <laughs> else the other day. I was like, I think sardines on pizza is weirder than pineapple. Like just putting yeah, sardines I'm, on pizza. I'm totally with you on that. Or with <laughs> that's so gross. I don't want weird little fish eyes looking at me. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, once again, guys, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a blast chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, thank for you, tuning in, and we will catch you guys later. How's it going, everybody? This is Tom Quiet here from the Live and Amplified Livecast. I just wanted to take a minute here and thank you all so very, very much for listening to today's uh, episode. I just wanted to remind you that if you wanted to listen to the podcast live on Facebook, make sure you're following us on Live and Amplified. Every night we stream these podcasts live, so make sure you're tuning in. If not, uh, make sure you're following us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, all the podcasting places, and make sure you're leaving a comment, rate, review, you know, all that fun stuff so we can try and get our listeners up and try and get more people in contact with this great thing that we're trying to do. Once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you all next time.